You were just like I did at your age. Please don't say that thing. I'm 16 years old. I'm not a child. Don't you take that tone of voice with me, young lady. Love you, Dad. I love you too, son. You're listening to Honey, We Made a Disney Podcast. Two friends since first grade, now dads, reliving the Disney movies we grew up with, now with our kids. I'm J.B. Wagner. And I'm Eddie Ferguson. And on today's episode, we tell the tale as old as time, true as it can be. It's Beauty and the Beast. But first, J.B., how are you and the family? We're We're good. We're good. That was some elegant hand motions to bring us into this uh, for those of you listening right now. <laughs> or watching. Yeah. Well, for, those, yeah. For, for those of you listening, Eddie, Eddie does Oh, this is true. I'm making this. hand motions. Well, it's like two first. Yes, there's lots of hand motions to be made now. But enough about me. How are you and your family? We are good. I have a part two to my bike story. You, yes. With my son, with Buddy, my son. We... So he got a bike and I knew that as he started to get faster on it, he, he starts to get up to speed. I probably want to get a bike too. I haven't ridden a bike regularly since 12 years old, 13 years old. I don't know when. So when's the last time you rode a bike? Well, I have ridden a bike when uh, my early days in California, when I was living in San Francisco oh, yes. and in uh, even a little bit in Southern California as well. Not, not too much because I think I lost the bike. Uh, actually, that's a whole another story of losing my first bike in San Francisco on the bus I and watching it leave. Bus. It was great. <laughs> but today's story is part two. My son, uh, we got him a bike for his birthday and I'm like, I want to get a bike too. Um, I told the story about Stu helping us get the yep. bike. And so I kind of went back to Stu. I said, Stu, I need a good place to get a cheap bike because I don't want to invest a ton of money in it. I just want to put something into it so that I can get something that's kind of fun to use. So he sends me this website. He's like, this is where you need to go. This is the place. Okay, cool. Load it up. Called bikesdirect.com. I'm writing this down. I don't. Yes, good. Please do. Bikesdirect.com. It don't be alarmed. It looks like they haven't updated this site since 2002. Yes. A little little (laughs) post um, Y2K is the last Mm. time that they did any sort of color or anything it's it's alarming it's very alarming and not very doesn't make you want to throw down your credit card your your yeah, debit card yeah. your cash whatever paypal whatever you don't want to throw it down too quickly had yeah. Stu not been the one to give this to me which he used to own a, a bike store i would not have trusted it because <laughs> it's kind of like the craigslist kind of like the worst craigslist of bikes but they are for sale they're they're new yeah, bikes speaking of heavily, sites not updated yes although they do have have an app now um it's not been updated in a long time it's super sketchy but the bikes are very cheap um this was a five or six hundred dollar bike that i was looking at for only 250 dollars it's a hybrid bike it's like okay i'm gonna go ahead and get that but you gotta it's gonna come in the mail and it's going to um you have to assemble it yourself so it arrives and it, no, and before that even happens, I I I put I go through I think at, the, at PayPal or something like that, pay it, radio silence. I get nothing. The only no thing confirmation. I know, no confirmation. No, no nothing, emails. Nothing. And I go to their site, and it actually sent me to this long website. I had to save it. This long page. It was like 
all the different things that we're gonna that were a part of the bike coming into. If you have any problems, email this person. If you call this, whatever. So finally, after a day or two, I find it says wait a day or two to contact us. I finally email them, and then the next day afterwards, they email me back saying, "Okay, sorry, here's your confirmation. It'll be there." Then it came in two days, and I was like, "Whoa, this is really fast." I'm getting two days. Two days later, it's then at my house. I'm like, "Oh, that was super fast. I thought this was going to take like a week or something from the shady site." So it finally arrives. Um, I'm on this site, and it is shady. It is so shady. Like yeah. you don't you don't want to put your money down for this. But Stu was the one that told me, so I believed him. So the bike comes. I'm just gonna say cyber hot deals up to seventy three percent off. We are we are getting the not seventy track. not seventy five seventy three. <laughs> Sorry, Bikes, I keep interrupting. <laughs> no, you're good. Bikes Direct is getting so much free pub from us right now. So I first wanted to see if Stu would come help me put the bike together, but he he was busy at work and couldn't and and we just cr- couldn't get the get the timing right. So I was like, you know what? I'm a grown man. I just put my son's bike together. I'll put this bike together. You know, funny you you bring that up. I'm looking here. It says 85% of customers assemble their own bikes. That's right on their website. And they have 85%. Uh-huh. They have a video that says, "Here, an 11-year-old put it together." And that's the <laughs> selling point. That's the if you shame. can that's the shaming of shame. all the dads. It's like, "Well, I can I'm I can oh, an 11-year-old can do it. I can do it." So, I get it and <laughs> It's going pretty good at first, but for some odd reason, I cannot get the front wheel on. I cannot, for the life of me, get the front wheel to go on. I'm, Was it I'm, upside down? No, 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 no. It's better than that. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to get the wheel on. Can't. I'm, I'm pulling out wrenches and stuff like that. I'm cranking on this thing to loosen up the bolts on the front wheel to get it open, to get it on the tongs or the forks or whatever. Forks, I think it's what it's called. On the, It's just not going. It's like, Fine. I'm going to go do everything else and then I'll come back to this part. So I go back and I'm like doing other things on it. I'm putting the seat. I'm like, man, there's, there's something missing here. Go and I look inside the box, move a few things. And there's a little box in there that has all that has the, um, the unlocking thing uh, for the front wheel to take it yes. on and take it off easily. Yes. And with a, with a whole pin and everything, I mm-hmm. was trying to put the thing on with with no bearings no nothing it was just going to be sitting on the fork it would never turn this the, it, whatever i was doing was completely wrong finally get it on together cool i'm this is great got it all i'm like playing with okay cool now i'm gonna i want to go ride it i take it on my on the front step i put i go i put i take my wheel from the step down to the ground the front handlebars turn in like over <laughs> the seat goes up almost vertical and the whole th- wheel turns sharply to the right without the wheel turning so the whole thing is just in one motion completely <laughs> undone cuz i didn't tighten anything <laughs> and it was another 15 minutes of me tightening things trying to get it back go out and then something else would fall apart and the, it was the i felt not like the strongest i did not feel like an 11 year old boy in this like that 11 year old boy who put his own bike together I, I just imagine you in the middle of the street on your knees with your hands in the air going so yes i had a much easier time with my son's bike 
uh, but it was still a fiasco trying to uh, do my own bike. And now I've have now it's good. It's great. I've tightened everything down. I've got added accessories, but that was been my adventure. So uh, when you said hybrid bike, I'm immediately thinking like an electric bike. No, no. no and I'm no, no, looking no. up here and it's like, okay, not as cool, but still cool. No, it is not an electric bike. I did not throw down three grand. I know bike. those things are so expensive. No, because no, I no, see no, no. people riding those and I'm like, this is the way to go. You pedal just a little bit. Pedal and assist. Just, yes. There is. There are the bikes that actually push you forward. And then there's a pedal assist where you still have to push a little bit, but Whoa. it's got some motor inside of it. So You've you're done still your getting research. A, I've Stu has been my research <laughs> stuff. No, I've done my own research, but he kind of was talking about it's like, don't he was like, don't, don't you buy a bike that doesn't make you doesn't require you to pedal. So mm. it's where I'm is making, there a bike themed Disney movie coming up? The reason I ask is that would we need to have Stu on as a as a guest if there's a as bike a, a guest expert as a bike I don't I'm well I think this is a good time I, I think this is a good time to plug our website honeywemade.com/movies where you can see all of the movies that we're going to be the covering coming up. from 1988 to 2005 which was our childhood minus the first year Um Do you see it on there I really don't. There's not really a bike themed movie. The only bike themed movie I can think of. What was the name of that Joseph Gordon Lovett movie that came out? Maybe. Oh yes, that was ten years ago. Good. I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's the only like. I want to say themed. Need for Speed, but that's definitely not the name of the movie. <laughs> Need for Speed at fifteen miles per hour. Need for Speed at fifteen miles per hour. <laughs> Oh, that is wonderful. So um, when do you guys go on your first father-son bike ride? Well, we've been going on little rides around our little neighborhood. Um, and he likes to go really slow and go over all the rocks and go all, mm. all over the bumps. And I'm like, where's my destination? How do I get there fast enough? So <laughs> we're working on that. We are or you are? I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Myself. oh goodness but no more no more talks about my bike eddie we have some do we have some disney news to talk about or something disney related to talk about we do since we're still in 1991 still. we're just bringing we're bringing you up to speed on some of the things that are currently happening uh our dependence upon disney plus uh, brings us to the great news that they made the decision to release the new Pixar movie, Soul, which was due to come out, I believe, this past summer. June but 19th. Due, June 19th. But due to the global pandemic, it did not happen. They're going to release it on Christmas Day with uh, full access. It's, they're not going to put it behind their no, extra paywall. Yep. Um, you know, Mulan, you had to pay like, what, 30 bucks for premiere access on top of your subscription. Um, and if I have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure sometime in December is when Mulan comes out from behind that extra paywall. I have been getting the ads uh, through Redbox that it's on its way okay. to Redbox. So I figured it's got to be sometime yeah. on Disney Plus. Yeah. So I think they're kind of testing the other side of this is, you know, what if 
we just put it on there, does this increase? I think December Christmas season is a natural time for some people to pick up a Disney Plus subscription. You got kids home. It's Christmas. Um, I, we're excited. I, I could totally foresee my family just kind of at the end of the day popping some popcorn and watching it together. Oh, um, we will. We love for sure. Pixar movies. Do, yeah. Is it too close? Is it too much of a... Is the concept of soul, does it, it got way too many shades of Inside Out? Well, so it's the same director, right? Same okay. writer and director. Um, I'm seeing this as going to be the um, spiritual sibling of Inside Out. Okay. It's, it's really if Inside Out related. is more, a little more psychological. Um, this is definitely, I don't know if you saw the extended trailer, but it's like, this is going to be very Heavy. spiritual minded. It's going to, yep. yeah, I mean, you're talking about souls and. Well, it's Disney, it's Pixar, shoot it into my veins. Take my money, unless well, it's $30 and John, for lawn. <laughs> John Baptiste is doing a lot of the music because it's uh, soul is a play. It's about your soul, but it's also about soul music. Um, a lot of jazz, Play on words. Yeah. right? So they got John Baptiste to do that, which he is the band leader for Stephen Colbert, That's um, right. a New Orleans jazz musician, um, of his own fame prior to that. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited if nothing else for the music of that. Um, I've been listening to this podcast called four scores. I think I told you about this, um, and today I was just listening to the episode of on Randy Newman and his scoring for uh, the, the Toy Story movies. Um, and it just got me like super excited about Pixar scores in particular. They have a way of being very particular about their scores to help further drive the music. Um, and he made a comment. This is interesting, getting way off topic. But um, they specifically do big orchestral um, soundtracks because they want to help soften the what they think is the stark contrast of computer animation. I can. But that see was that. interesting. I can see that. There's my little rabbit trail. That's just that's free. That's just for you. That's for all of you listeners right now. I think it's time to move on to why everybody clicked in here today, which is to talk about Beauty and the Beast. Cue the Disneyish sound effect. Okay, IMDb, can you capture... Don't fail us now. Can you capture Beauty and the Beast in a single sentence? Let's hear it. A prince cursed <laughs> to spend his days as a hideous monster sets out to regain his humanity by earning a young woman's love. End scene. End scene. That's good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed performing that. It is a it is a concise summary. I feel like though it leaves out the um, I don't know the enchantment of it all the um, the the musicality of it all. There's nothing about people break out into song all the yes. time. Where do we start with Beauty and the Beast? Because this is this is a big one. Let's start at the opening. Let's just yeah. start at the opening. My first, my first thought 
watching this this time not not back when i was a kid but right now was wow i don't remember watching this in hd (laughs) what i don't know that i've just like sat and just watched the crisp color of just like that opening coming through the forest and seeing the cat like so vibrant it 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 holds up all these years later it's It's cinematic it's magnificent Yes, it's beautiful. The um, the score with the narration, uh, with, yeah, and the, it's just like, and the and the simple animation, like they don't get too complex, especially they when they, they don't get cute. And then they move to the stained glass, mm. where it's just, just let's just give you a snapshot of the scene. That is so cool. Like it is fun. And what was I? I had this moment. So I, Lewis and I were watching it together. And I kind of had the same reaction of just like eyes wide open going, wow, this is a really moving opening sequence. And I look over and Lewis has the exact same look on his face. We're both just like, oh. <laughs> An interesting fact, I didn't know this until I was looking all this up. The actor uh, who voices Cogsworth is the narrator at the beginning. I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that was same actor. Uh, interesting. The same actor. I thought that was quite interesting. I'm blanking on his name. Let me see if I can find this. Yes, I David Ogden Steers. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Kudos the um, just that opening scene is. I mean, there's so many iconic moments in in this movie, but that for sure is when you think of Beauty and the Beast, it's hard to not think of just that opening scene. <gasps> Well, because then you go to right after that kind of prologue opening, then you have the opening scene of the provincial town, which mm-hmm. is, again, such an ama- amazing opening. And I thought this was what st- struck me this time watching it of going, this is amazing opening to set up so much exposition. Like, you figure out who Belle is, who her dad is. You figure out Gaston and what is he trying to get out of this story. Motivation. You figure out what Belle's trying. Like everything is set up in this song. It's so heavy exposition, but you don't feel it at all. You don't feel it at all. Is this the song that they were worried about when they were writing the? I forget. Watch listening to uh, the documentary Howard also so on Disney good. Plus. He talks, they talk about this, about this movie, because they were working on this and Aladdin Mm -hmm. kind of near at the same time. Yeah, I think they were, um, well, because it's such a different, different style. You also have a huge chorus of people throughout this, which is quite complex for, you know, an animated film, at least at the time. Yes. Is now a good time to talk about Belle? We're at the point where we've now introduced Belle because there's definitely, I just grew up liking Belle and liking her character and thought everybody else did. And I think generally people do, but I think there is, maybe it's because recent recently or whatever, but I found out that my wife is not a huge Belle fan. <gasps> what? She, we were watching it and she just randomly happened to just say, Belle's definitely the snobbiest princess. You can't, for listeners right now, you can't see Eddie's shocked face right now. 
There I'm is discovering a- so much about her through this <laughs> podcast that if I would have known this previously, I do I don't know if I would have been as supportive of the her, her comment is that she she comes across one is snobby and one is better than herself. The whole time she's talking about these people that she she thinks she's better than. True. That's what the, in song, the opening the, song. The, yeah. Even the word I, I actually looked it up in the diction. I looked up not in the dictionary, but on my phone. Uh, <laughs> provincial is a the word is one of the definitions that's like the one down the bottom, but the one that fits in this in this context is <clears throat> a person who lacks urban sophistication or broad mindedness. <laughs> mm. And they definitely took her character in the 2017 Emma Watson version of live Boo. action of uh which we I don't know how much we want to talk about. We will have to talk about it. Boo. I'm going to boo it every time you bring it up just so you know. They definitely took it even farther towards you guys are complete idiots and hate science and hate women's empowerment and all that kind of stuff to another degree where I think it turned off a lot of people. But even when it comes back to, I think there's some level to that, but I think she still like has a good heart throughout the whole thing. Even the way she interacts with, with beast interacts with other people. Yeah. She sings the song about wondering why it staying in this little town, but she actually does care about the people and care about other people. She sacrifices her own life for her dad. Come on. Um, so I don't know that I would go that that deep. I think that's worth mentioning is that there is some like a little bit of like, why am I still here in this in this little town? I've got so much more that I want to want to be. But then again, maybe that's just natural for a young person who wants to dream. And maybe that's not necessarily see, a snobby thing. See, I think the snobby thing comes more from the fact that she was probably homeschooled. And this is where our wives kill me. Which is why my wife probably would 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 want to. Uh, I'm gonna get I'm enjoy get being be, like enjoy enjoy, enjoy Bell because she was she was homeschooled. So yes. sorry sorry no, baby, Bell, we're giving away too way too many details about your life right now. Bell Bell was my was my favorite princess. Like you know you're not supposed to have a crush on an animated character, right? But there was now that we're getting little a lot of information about you, Eddie. Yeah, and then. <laughs> Uh, and I, uh, I did happen to marry a woman who is also thick brown hair and brown eyes. So, uh, There's, you're, you're, you're laying it all out here, Eddie. Yeah, here it's, it is. It's, here it's it is. all, it's, it's all up there. <laughs> no, I, I think I love Belle. I think she's a very strong character that holds her own where a lot of times you don't see that in princesses that kind of need somebody else to kind of come rescue them. You know, I just see her as a very, a very strong character um, and love the um, I, I think the reprise of the uh, bell number. I always bring this up that a good Disney movie has a good reprise moment. Uh, this is probably the best or at least tied with the Little Mermaid on the rock, um, you know, when she's kind of a sound of music moment frolicking on the mm-hmm. the hills the, the meadow yep she's out on the meadow i just i want adventure in the great wide somewhere like why isn't that like on a whole bunch of etsy t-shirts it should be should be 
I'm writing that. I'm literally writing that down right now to make make a Etsy t- make Etsy make Etsy T-shirt for <laughs> great wide some. Okay, gotcha. Cool. I want it more than I can tell. <laughs> Uh, the reprise is what she kind of goes back to a little bit. There's, there's odes of that when she and the beast are uh, kind of playing. Like there's something there I never knew before. There's, no, there's it's the same. Mel- it's a same very melody. similar melody. Yeah. But then she uh-huh. kind of goes behind the tree. And she's like, oh, da, da, this like and there kind of like goes back to the opening. Uh, Discover that he's him in chapter three, that whole yeah, the, the music of Beauty and the Beast is at a genius level. Like, it is, I know uh, Howard Ashman and Alan Minken, Little Mermaid is amazing. Um, you know, they definitely, um, they didn't get to fully finish Aladdin together. Um, but, you know, this is just the two of them at their finest, at their genius level. This and is there's their just, second movie, right? This is second of their trilogy. Do yes. we have a cool name for this trilogy, like the Cornetto trilogy? I think it's the, the Howard trilogy. Mink, the Minken Ashman trilogy, Ashman Minken trilogy. Mashman? I don't know. Is it the Mashman? Mashman? Um it's so there's not a weak song in the whole bunch. I was Even, trying to think of one, and I really can't think of any weak song in here. And and even there's a couple like human again that ended up getting cut. And put back in like the extended cut that came out like when it was its anniversary. I don't know that I've seen that. Um, uh, Human Again also found its way into the Broadway play. This was turned into a pretty successful Broadway play. Um, and it's really good. Like it. I'm like, why did you cut this? This is just as good as any other. So like the cut songs are even hold their own. And but on top of that, like the animation is is beautiful. There's just a richness to the color. I appreciate how you highlighted earlier, like to see it in HD, like really kind of helps you see that. I did see this, the CGI ballroom a little bit more crystal clear. Um, and that kind of made me go, Oh yep, this is CGI, but it yep. didn't, it didn't hurt, hurt it for me. It was just like, Oh, I didn't realize the ballroom dance was all CGI. This was okay. the second movie to use the caps program from Pixar after rescuers down under. Uh, talking about the characters a little bit, mm. what did you feel when you first saw Mrs. Potts again? Because I got excited. I have um, a great oh, no. deal no. of nostalgia for Angela Lansbury. Okay, good. I was a little afraid. You took a deep breath there, and I was a little afraid you were going to say, well, you, let me tell you, let's talk about Angela Lansbury real quick. So let's let's talk about Angela Lansbury. So in, in my mind, there are um, two of the greatest women are Angela Lansbury and Julie Andrews. No, no, don't even try and argue. They're the best. Um, So Angela Lansbury, my mom's favorite TV show is Murder, She Wrote. Of course it is. Of course it is. Listeners, if you haven't watched an episode of Murder, She Wrote, you need to go find it. You are missing out. Like your life is not complete. So... So it's not uncommon to walk into my parents' house and to hear Angela Lansbury's voice. Like, does your mom listen to this podcast? By the way, are we are we going to get in trouble for her talking? My about mom it? doesn't even know what a podcast is. <laughs> so yes, uh, Angela Lansbury. The second you hear her voice, it's just like perfect. It's perfect for her. 
Um, and that's where I boycotted the remake hard time. I love Emma Thompson too, but like just bring Angela Lansbury back for that. That that should have happened. Well, yeah. Didn't they have a moment where they brought back somebody at the end of the and she was sitting in the park? Who was that? So that was Mary Poppins Returns. And That's they right. had Angela Sorry. Lansbury randomly be the That's what I'm lady. thinking of. I'm like, I but feel she, like I she saw wasn't her in, in the another, original. Yeah, she was it, in the okay. Gotcha. It, it was it was a sweet thing. Okay, let's have Angela Lansbury because she's Angela Lansbury. I, I did like that, but um, but she should have just voiced Mrs. Potts in this because she is amazing. Do you know they only recorded Beauty and the Beast, the epic song, twice? No, stop. And they used the first take. No. Like she nailed it on the first take. And they were like, uh, well, we, we need one for safety. To do it. Yeah. Like Otherwise you just have we don't to get do paid. <laughs> but what's there to improve upon, which apparently was unheard of because Howard Ashman was meticulous and would like, I want just an extra breath here or, you know, he was very meticulous on how he wanted the, the actor to perform it. And when Angela Lansbury stepped up to the microphone, it was just like first try. That's insane. One other actor in here that I didn't realize voiced this person, the voice of Lumiere. Yeah. Is actually Jerry Orbach. Who law and is order. from law and order, the iconic law and order guy was Lumiere. I would have never, I didn't realize that until watching the Howard Ash, the Howard uh, documentary on Disney Plus. I was in shock. I was like, what? He was, he was doing Lumiere, but, but then you can kind of hear it, but it's, he does a really great job with just, mm-hmm. his, with the vocals that he puts into that character. Yeah. I'm 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 refraining making a comment about the remake because of that as well. I, this whole, this this <laughs> could just be a whole podcast on why they shouldn't have remade it. Oh dear. Okay. Well, the sounds- other voice actor. So this was a crazy. My mom. Speaking of my mom again. Anytime we would watch Beauty and the Beast, she would always go, "You know, Robbie Benson is the Beast," and we'd all be like, "Who?" <laughs> so apparently in. The late 70s, there was this movie called Ice Castles, which was oh, a no. big, big kind of heartthrob romantic movie that my mom is in love with. The theme song was played at my parents' weddings. My parents' wedding. Weddings? Um, weddings. Wedding. Um, he was a teen idol, apparently, in the 70s. And so for him to voice the beast was a big deal, but most I, of us wouldn't know him. I want to say that. Because I this was my first time really sitting down and rewatching it, laptop open, really taking it all in and trying to write down any thoughts I was having. I feel like the beast, I know it's crazy because his name is in the title of the freaking movie. So of course he would be a pivotal character, but man, the way that they the way that he would that he was created, his backstory, his his intentions all along the the back and forth nature of both trying to be very forced but at the same time so insecure is made this movie for me rewatching it again he really is a child 
to he, some degree. He, he's so they played him so young before he's even you see him as like in his human human uh body because he's so like putting on airs trying to be big and gruff and he has that animal instinct um mm-hmm. to to throw things and you, so you are afraid of him but at the same time like some of his mannerisms and he's awkward and he's introverted he has no social skills like th- it really makes you feel for him and you want good things for him. They, and we can talk about 2017. That was a huge miss in my regard to that character. But this version of him was so, it's so good. It's, it's there instead of making him this big crazy character that you can never come close to they made him so humanized from very early on mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. second guessing himself and he's mm-hmm. trying things and it's like questions like me and then he just like roars and then he immediately takes it back no the, and- the scene of him at the door outside her bedroom oh, yes. and the um the characterization there like he's very physical you see him mm-hmm. get big and then small and then yeah that second guessing and everything uh, that scene right there really establishes his character, and you don't. At, I think at a casual watch, you don't really realize that. Um, and, and in rewatching this, I realize this is really the Beast story. Mm-hmm. Belle is a secondary character. Yes, she has a very small character arc. Like her character arc is like, I want adventure in the great, you know, somewhere. And I, I get it here that, you know, that's her story. The Beast has the big character arc. Yes. Yes. I There were definitely some times near in the middle where I was like, I wonder what her real character arc is. Obviously, she's going from being a free woman to now a captive in this house and she's falling in love and she is um, the whole song. There's something there I would, that wasn't there before. She's getting a sense of that. But it's kind of a little scattered and it's more based on the moment of what's happening that yeah. is out of her control. For Beast, it really is a huge adjustment and a huge change for him and his, not personality, but in his motivations and what he cares about and letting himself learn to love somebody else. Yeah, and you do see a little bit of that in Belle. You know, at the opening, she's very centered on herself, a little bit on her father. Um, and then you see that kind of open up where she has yeah. love and caring for for a broader. I think you're right. People. I think it is a small arc. It, I mean, but I think it's more driven by the external circumstances than it is necessarily her um, having a transformation of heart. It's more like she right. was a good person. And this person helped saved her. And you know what? Actually, I think I do like him after all. He takes mm-hmm. a huge, huge change. Mm-hmm. So I think it's more to like we all think about Belle, but really the beast is what is the most pivotal part of this movie. Yeah. Great villain, uh, Gaston, oh, with an excellent fantastic. sidekick in LeFou. Um, his, you know, uh, LeFou's song in Gaston's tavern Ooh. is. Again, there's no weak song in this movie. I lo- I just love even just the little bits of it when using the word expectorating 
for spitting. <laughs> uh, but then even the end of it afterwards, after uh, her father came in and even just that little, little piece after it, it's like, I, LeFou, I, I'm afraid I've been thinking a dangerous pastime. I know. Like, I love that. Just the little, <laughs> little back and forth of just like, I've been thinking. I shouldn't be thinking. Uh, my son, Buddy, loved it when uh, he got thrown out into the mud. And he was <laughs> yes. like, he got pigs on his head. <laughs> that was a great moment. And though, although he did get very, he did get very distraught when um, uh, Belle was, uh, when her father was taken away and Belle was left back. And he got very, he got very uh, upset about that. Um, yeah. We were, we were I read somewhere that originally they were going to meet the keeper of the insane asylum at the insane asylum. Like they had actually roughed in some animation of like crazy people in an asylum. And they, and they were like, this is maybe too gruesome for kids. You too know? much. Too a much for an much. animated he, film. He's, he's, that yeah. guy was pretty intense, though. I remember like, oh, this guy. Yeah. I do have to say, while we're on the topic of Gaston's Tavern, uh, if you ever find yourself in Walt Disney World, go to Gaston's Tavern and get LeFou's Brew. It is like this frozen apple juice with like a mango flavoring in it that is amazing. We... Love it. So that's your go to. Is that your, first, brew. Is that your go to drink of choice? It's it's like um, one of ours. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you get your dole whip over in Adventureland. <laughs> and then by the time you get to Fantasyland, you need you need a little more. So we always get the LeFou's brew. Is it also available at Disneyland? No. It's only available at Walt. No, I take that back. It. I think they just started. Um offering it somewhere there like they rethemed one of the restaurants to be like the red rose or something and i think they're gonna they're starting to offer it there but there's a whole area of sorry of walt disney world that is because you've got the be our guest restaurant they do this really cool thing called um enchanted tales with bell where you go into um her dad's um workshop and this magical mirror transforms and you go into this ballroom and Belle and Lumiere and Cogsworth all retell the, the story together. It's a really cool thing. If you ever, you should look at a video on YouTube to see how they do it because it's it's clever. That's awesome. I was gonna, It's a unique experience. I was going to give Disney World, that, that's our competition, uh, West Coast, East Coast, uh, Eddie holding down the fort for uh, Disney World. I've been holding on to anything Disneyland. I was going to give you that and keep uh, all of Cars Land to ourselves. So. Oh, Cars Land for sure. It's and hard to Soren, beat Cars Land. Soren, Soren over California, Soren over the world. They have that at Disney World as well. It's at Epcot. Sorry, no. They have Soren over California down there. They used to, but now it's just Soren over, over the world. world. Yep, I, I was. But I, I believe I, I was we, there long enough. I had enough recently to, to see to see both. But anyways, yeah. moving on. Moving on. Um, we both watched it with our kids and yeah. I don't know about you, but, uh, Lewis would not look away. Like he oh. was, he loved it. He was enraptured by it. We actually had to like pause it halfway through and he was like, no, 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 no. Like, oh, that's so cute. Yeah. So it was, it held their attention easily. Got some random questions that just like, I don't even, I tried to group them together and I just was like, I need I'm just, we're going to do some rapid fire questions with Eddie. Okay. You ready for this? Yes. <laughs> Is this the first quote unquote enchanted castle? 
in the Disney universe. Like the castle itself is enchanted. Is enchanted. We um, have Sleeping Beauty, who's been enchanted by an apple or been put to yeah, sleep. Yeah, it wouldn't be Sleeping Beauty. We've got the... Uh, got it wouldn't the be Snow White, Snow but White. Sleeping Beauty... You've got the fairies that go around it, but no, it's got to be the first enchanted castle. Yeah. Like the first, the first, this is the castle. We'll have the to. The castle itself. Might have to text my wife it, while we're doing this. But is there another one? I'm trying to think. Trying to think. Uh, here's another random question. What is Philippe the horse doing where it's just chilling outside the castle when she's ready to leave? What has he been doing this whole time? What? No, so this is the other thing I realized. The whole movie takes place in the course of just like a day or two. A couple of days. Yep. Mm-hmm. I remembered that. It is. It's a really tight uh, time frame. But her um, so father Philippe, didn't. Philippe her, would have only been out there like overnight. But why didn't her father take the horse with him because to go back? The, the beast dragged him out and threw him into That's the enchanted right. carriage. That's right. Okay. We this see this is why this is why I'm asking all the questions. Um, uh, Castle. Um, why is no one in town talking about the random castle? Right. That nobody has ever gone. That no, like that isn't just like a lore that people are talking. Ooh, the enchanted castle. Well, maybe that's what he's talking about. He's talking about the beast. Uh, yeah that that was one. That was kind of surprising. This rewatch is why wasn't this better known? Like that should have been like a lore, like, oh, we hear him like scream. We hear the moans coming from the, the enchanted castle. Yeah, I don't know. I think well, I, they are provincial. That's the answer to everything. <laughs> they just, are provincial. They are provincial. I'm trying to think if I had any other uh, questions. Oh, here's one. It's a. Uh, some some deep Reddit conversations. When we don't have when, a Reddit, by the way, <laughs> if you're wondering. Yeah. When she's reading the book earlier in the in one of the opening songs, mm-hmm. is she actually reading Aladdin? Is she? Oh, she meets Prince Charming, but won't discover that it's him. The chapter three. Is this that- Aladdin? I don't I know. This. I heard this before, and I wanted to throw this by you. This has got to be true, though, because they were working on Aladdin. I mean, you've seen Howard now. Um, that was the first film they wanted to make. And they had to push uh, it, and they did this one instead, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I betcha it is. It makes, it makes I've sense. I've not thought about that. You're, you're going to be up all night researching this. You're going to be Googling all over Reddit looking for this stuff. <laughs> Uh, I need confirmation. <laughs> I need confirmation about this specific one. Another question that kind of digs into some of this. Uh, in the song, they say, so in the opening, she says that um, he's got till his 21st birthday. But then in the song, they say they've been rusting for 10 years. There's a weird timeline thing because he definitely wasn't 11 when he became the beast. Because you've got the whole image of him on the wall that has. So there's some timing things that I had a, a question. Is that about. in Be Our Guest? Be Our Guest. 
I which believe. we haven't brought up yet, which we is haven't, we fascinating. Haven't. Skipped over, arguably yeah. the best song, if not tied with Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting. Um, I wonder if that's just a plot hole. Just a plot. Just a plot. Just, okay. Gotcha. Because he looks older, like he should be, but he's also acting like he's a child. But then again, he doesn't have parents too. True. Do anything with. Should we talk about uh, be our guest since you're the itching for it i i i can't sit still during that song i think it's phenomenal it just makes you move and want to dance and sing along did it make you want to did it make you hungry because they're talking about a lot of food makes you want to try the gray stuff i i hear it's delicious (laughs) oh uh one of the questions that we haven't gotten to uh, ask in a while on some one, recurring questions we like to ask uh, each other. One is, would you let your daughter date the beast? The beast? No. I think the prince he becomes at the end, yes. I think it, I would be like the, the dad, like, I'm not sure about this. I was trying to figure out a clever other alternative, but there really is. <laughs> there really isn't. <laughs> I know he becomes a good person, but like it's an yeah, there's there there isn't like a funny other alternate alternate one that I can think of right now. So we often like to think about what if this movie was made in 2020? Um we've alluded to this. Um, it was remade in 2018, um, and I initially, when I was kind of going through this, going, well, if it was made in 2020, it would probably be filled with horrible CGI characters. Oh, wait, that is exactly, exactly what they exactly what did. they did. Horrible CGI characters. The they... Beast being the by far the worst, and no. like everybody else just doesn't look real at all. Like, you should have doubled that. You made enough money in the end. You could have spent a little bit more on some better CGI there. I could have pulled a cat's and re-released it with better CGI afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah th- that part of the cat and the casting of it, they didn't they didn't get that clumsiness that um really made him uh, it was too intense of a character. He played it too straight. He was too I enjoyed refined. I enjoyed their casting for Gaston. I enjoyed uh their casting for LeFou. LeFou. LeFou yeah. was great. Um, I was, I was sad because I have so much, um, I obviously love Emma Watson in the Harry Potter movie. So I was excited to see her in this. She can't sing. She can't sing. And also she way auto tuned her and she went too far down the road of, um, the things we talked about, about bell up at the front about, she really took it too far in the provincial side of, my all of the people in this town really are complete idiots and they just don't get me and they don't want to embolden us women at all. And it just like it just hit me wrong. And I was like, yeah, it was too, it was too, too much too much like for what the character was. Yeah. And it's it's really if you were to say what are they going to do in a 2020, they would double that. They would double down on that. They did. And it hurt the film. So. Yeah, and they just, um, they brought in so many people. I mean, you had Ian McKellen, Emma Thompson, Ewan McGregor, Stanley Tucci, like Josh Gad, who mentioned earlier. All individuals that I love individually. It it didn't come together. It just didn't click. Um, 
However, the for me, the glimmering moment of the 2018 remake, I love Kevin Klein and bringing him in as Maurice and giving that music box moment and kind of explaining what happened to her mom. Um, I don't even remember it because I was so mad about the rest of the film. I thought I was, I was like, OK, there I, I. You messed with the movie a lot here. I thought this was I, I like this. I liked opening that part of the story a little bit. Though I was going to say one of our questions we like to ask is, you know, what would have happened if the parents were involved? Um, I like to think that if Belle's mom was there, um, none of this would have happened because she would have just told Maurice, go chop the wood yourself. You don't need a machine to do it. (laughs) And he never would have left. They never would have found the castle and we wouldn't have the story. Yes, I would. I would. I would agree with that. The. Not having a mother in involved, um, yeah, she's probably not. I think you're right. Taking the tact of her father, the father wouldn't have been as absent-minded and uh, running off. Uh, <laughs> probably would have been with him on the on the journey with Philippe uh, to town um, to at least assist in helping them find directions or something like that. Um, right, it's absent-minded as as Maurice's. So I, w- I would agree with that. Any- so we have not yet ranked the movie. We haven't. Let I'll, I'll let you go first. This is definitely getting the upgrade to gummy worms. Five gummy worms, not just not just five fruit snacks. Five gummy uh, worms. I there's I, not a, there's not a flaw in this movie to me. I would agree wholeheartedly. This is um, it's a pantheon. It's a it's a it's a Mount Rushmore candidate. It, it, it's on my Mount Rushmore. No, no questions asked. It is. It was. Oh, I'm the gonna first. wait. I'm gonna wait to see because it's gonna get crowded. I've only got two up there right now, and we said Mount Rushmore of the Renaissance. That's right. That's so, right. I, I give myself that room. Um, it was the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. Oh. The only other movie now, t- uh, animated movie to be nominated for Best Picture was Up. It did. Um, and that was only after they extended the category. They went from five to ten. But in yeah, 1991, it was one of the five best pictures of the year. And that was actually when the Academy picked the actual best pictures. Not now, where they um, pick random movies that nobody's seen. Um yeah, and it it won the Golden Globe for Best Picture. It no. Yeah, it, it did? won the it won the Golden Globe for Best Picture because remember Golden Globe has that music and comedy category That's and right. then the drama and drama it, separated. Yep. Yeah, and so it won for the um, um, Best Picture That's musical incredible. or comedy. So that that's that tells you the caliber of this. It's incredible. Yeah. I hey real 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 quick. I have an update. I I texted my wife. Mm-hmm. The question is Beauty and the Beast, the first Disney enchanted castle, quote unquote enchanted castle. Mm-hmm. This is her this is her um uh, direct response. She took it very seriously. She didn't laugh or anything like no, no, she took it seriously. No emojis. No emojis. No gifs. She said, I mean, you could you could say sleeping bat 
Sleeping Beauty's castle was enchanted, but as far this is the differentiator. But as far as people being enchanted to become objects, that's only Beauty and the Beast. So if that's your definition of enchanted, of the things inside and they move and there's people and stuff like that, um, then yes. Um, I would say, though, that now that I'm thinking about if that's the criteria, does... um, uh, I know we're going to go on a tangent here. Does uh, the Sword and the Stone... The uh, Merlin enchants things. Oh, I have to, to rewatch all that. the dishes, doing their own dishes and stuff like that. You could potentially say that he's enchanting objects inside of this castle. I think this is definitely a different level of that. So that's one the, could make that argument. One could make the argument. I am slightly making it to then bash it. Yes, and throw it apart and just say no, nope, beating the beast. First, so first, first Beauty and the castle. Beast gets five gummy worms uh, on the us. Mount Rushmore of the Disney Renaissance. Uh, arguably, arguably the best Disney animated film of all time. <laughs> Just putting that out there. Any dad tips from this movie? Any dad tips? Yeah, like don't take on a beast that's twice your size just to get a girl that obviously doesn't want you. And you're obviously a bad match. (laughs) Like, don't, like, I mean, we're both fathers of sons. It's like, don't be that blatantly arrogant that think, you know, all women just fawn over you. Yeah. You are not, you are not God's gift to women. My dad tip is pull your head out of your machines once in a while to pay attention to your children, especially mm-hmm. when they don't want to be in town anymore. You want to get out of their provincial life. Pull I'm glad you out. said machine there. I thought we were no longer going to have a Disney rating. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your head out of your axe. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I was looking for it. I was looking for the word. Uh, that would be, <sighs> be my dad tip of this. Any unintended moral consequence of, of this of this film? This is a hard one. Because um, there's good there's good morals to this. Like there is the, the, there the is. Beauty and the Beast. Looking past what people look like to who they really are and the type of character they have. Um, I think the unintended moral consequence is we again are reinforcing a false narrative that wolves will attack people. I forgot about it. It was right up in here. It was right here, Eddie, and I missed it. It's on my it's on my OneNote document of all of my things, and I forgot about it. And I'm so disappointed in myself. Ladies and gentlemen, wolves do not hunt humans. No, we this, got that disclaimer re- at the end of White Fang. White Fang, you heard it here from White Fang. We will we But again, that's, that's what you expect yet. from us. We're going to educate you and make sure that you realize wolves do not hunt. But yet again. An unintended moral consequence of this film is there are people out there who think wolves will attack you. And they if make you es- them. Yeah. If you escape an enchanted castle on your lazy horse who's just sitting out front, 
and the wolves come, people are going to think, if a beast doesn't come and save me, I'm dead. Wolves don't hunt. And, and we're not going, uh, it's not on our list, but I just want to say that this is a serious problem with Disney and they need to fix it because they do this again in Frozen. In Frozen, the wolves try and attack. That's and right, they do, don't this, this, they? And this is wrong. And they, and they did it wrong. again in this new Olaf short that just came out on Disney+. Plus. They replay the scene from Olaf's angle and the wolves are all coming out. Well, it actually makes sense. Have you seen it? It's really funny because Olaf has a sausage as a nose. So that makes sense because they just want to eat. And he's not a person. So they they, they, they could. They're still, they're reinforcing this idea that wolves. They're just shoving it down our throats. It's obviously. It's it's a false narrative. It's intentional at this point. It's fake news. I'm distraught. I forget you. I was having a good time talking about that. That's what, that's what you got me distracted. Enjoying talking about this five gummy worm movie. Yeah. And then you bring up the thing I had sitting right here and it looks like it's blaring. It's I had, there's an exclamation mark. This is it. This is its flaw. We said it's a flawless movie. It probably isn't. I have to reevaluate my life. This may be 4.5 gummy worms. As a result of this, the head of the gummy worm is bitten off. Not by a wolf, by by us. Yeah, this is this is not okay. But that's but that's okay because we had fun with this, and I hope you had fun listening to us talk about and rant about mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast in our longest episode to date. Of course, <laughs> a full a full hour on this. Uh, so thank you so much for listening, uh, Eddie. What is our poll question for our listener going to be this week? I would like to know if you are going to be enchanted and stuck being an object for 10 plus years or however many. We don't know. This is a plot hole we've got to figure out. However much period of time, what object would you like to be stuck as? A clock, a candlestick, a pot, or God forbid, a footrest. You know, I guess you have to be the dog to be the footrest. I don't know, but... Uh, what object would you, if if you had to be stuck as an object, which would you prefer? Yeah. That's our question. You can find that at honeywemade.com slash listener. We'd love to hear from you. Um, also give us your feedback and comments about how much you love Beauty and the Beast and join our Save the Wolves initiative as we raise money to fund a wolves-only highway across the... <laughs> No, I will stop now. <laughs> too, too far, too far, too far. Maybe not far enough, because uh, I don't know about you, Eddie, but I gotta run and I gotta go start re. I gotta go register a domain right now for a new website. Save the wolves for save the wolves or poo, plu, pluey or pluey. something like that. Because <laughs> I am all I'm. I'm up to here. I'm up to here right now about this. I'll join you. I'll I'll make the yard signs. Great, awesome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>